0: Our scripture for this week is one of the parables of Jesus. We're reading from the Gospel of Matthew, from chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? and they said to him because no one has hired us and he said to them you also go into the vineyard when evening came the owner of the vineyard said to his manager call the laborers and give them their pay beginning with the last and then going to the first when those hired about five o'clock came each of them received the usual daily wage now when the first came They thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day in the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the, this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The parables of Jesus, like the like the one we just read. Are often some of the most uh, difficult and, um, and and jarring pieces of, of scripture you can find. Jesus' parables always um, always violate um, our sense of earthly logic and, and have this this upside down kingdom um, twist ending that can that can leave us in the end disoriented, or, or rather, seeing God's ways and God's love more clearly. But first in in reading his parables we we have to wrestle with the the kind of unsettling things Jesus is really saying in our in our story today we we have the the workers. Of the vineyard, who, who worked long and, and hard all day long. And, and, and then the owner of the vineyard, he, he, he goes out again and, and again throughout the day to hire more workers for the vineyard, some who even worked just, just the last hour of the day. And the landowner, in the end, he, he, he lines them up. He, he starts with those who began their work late, and, and though they've worked only an hour, he, he pays them the full daily wage then he goes to the others those who worked all day in the hot sun pays them the same daily wage they're agreed upon wage but of course this is this is not how it's supposed to work this is not how the world works it's not at all it's not at all fair equal pay for equal work is fair unequal work unequal pay for unequal work is not not fair but the kingdom of god is like this generous landowner Jesus says who goes out to hire laborers for the vineyard in this story we are these we are these hired hands for the work of the vineyard we are standing before the landowner who's who's trying hard to teach us something about god himself about life about Love It is worth noting, I think that this parable of Jesus it, it comes right after Peter. he's, he, he's saying, "Look, we have, we've left everything and followed you. What will be our reward? He asks. It, it's right after our story that the mother of James and Johnny uh, she, she comes and, and asks Jesus to give her sons seats of honor in Jesus kingdom Jesus tells this story we read while his disciples are trying to 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 be the greatest arguing about who is is the greatest the persisting human problem for so many of us is that we can we can have this this kind of superiority complex i mean we have worked hard we have We have tried to be faithful. Shouldn't we be appropriately compensated for our efforts? And that's why this story is is at first hard to hear. It defies how we understand the world to work, but not the kingdom. Not in the kingdom, not with the grace of God. And so that's why Jesus says that the, that the last will be first, the first will be last. That's why Jesus called the children up to him and, and said the kingdom of God belongs to, to, to such as these, he says. Brendan Manning in the Ragamuffin Gospel, he, he said that in the New Testament times, the child was was considered of no importance, meriting little attention or favor. And children in that society had no status at all. They, they didn't count. And for us as disciples of Jesus, becoming like a little child, it means the willingness to humbly accept ourselves as, as last, as least. The, the people who, who Jesus often called the little ones or the, the least of these. And, and Jesus, he, he gives these scorned little ones a privileged place in the kingdom. Not because they had earned it, but because, but because the mercy of Jesus flows out to them fully from unmerited grace. And children, they, they do not have this, this superiority complex like we so often do. They show us a, a humility that we should not forget. Show us their full reliance on the grace of, of God that we can forget we really need just the same. And someone once said, Unless you become as a little as little children, then then heaven will be filled with five-year-olds. So one of the the common things happening now in my life, in this phase of my kids' lives uh, after school or after church. Um, Oftentimes, Ollie, my my little my little boy, will run up to us with this with this picture that he has um, proudly colored to show us proudly his picture that he's colored. And and here's the thing: these are these are generally um, not great. Um, I mean, really, I'm just not sure what's going on here. It's all just a mess. Uh, the whole thing completely scribbled everywhere. You know, always everything outside entirely outside the lines with this kid. But he's so excited to show us. We love him so much that we say just instinctively, wow, wow, Ollie, we love it, I love it. The pastor, author Mark, um, Mike Iaconelli, he said that, he said, most of my life, I heard the message loud and clear that a Christianity is all about coloring within the lines, coloring well. If I was a good Christian, if I loved Jesus, wanted to please him, if I read my Bible and prayed and went to church, then, then I would get better and better at coloring. If I lived a, a long and, and godly life, I, I would eventually be able to draw close to the perfect drawing. Though really that is not the case for us. What we end up with is a little more like scribbling. It's messy. It is outside the lines sometimes. But the truth is that the grace of God is, is preposterous enough to accept as beautiful a coloring that anyone else would reject as terrible. God's grace is so outside the lines of our understanding. The grace of God sees beyond our scribbling, which is It's really good news for us scribblers. Philip Yancey, in his book, What's So Amazing About Grace? He he talked about how the world is is really desperate, desperate for grace. He said we we live in an atmosphere choked by the fumes of ungrace. Grace comes from outside. It is a gift and, and not an achievement, but, but how easily it vanishes from our, our, our dog eats dog, our survival of the fittest, our, our lookout for number one world. We live in a world where we so often the standard operating procedure is this, this ungrace. This is the way it works. This is what's passed around the world. This ungrace, you can see it. And here Jesus comes along to all those of us who have so sinned and fallen short, who have not done nearly enough work, not done nearly the work we need to earn our way into God's graces. We, we might like to think that we're the ones who have worked so hard, so long, all day in the hot sun, when, when really, in fact, it turns out that, that Jesus is really the one who did all the hard work. Jesus is the one who did all the heavy lifting. And you see, God is not fair at all. God is, is generous God is unfairly generous to us, unbelievably generous to us. We do not get what we deserve, thank God. We get grace. And Jesus came into this world to to forever break up this cycle of ungrace, to choose us, to love us, pouring out unearned grace upon everyone, everyone, no matter what. There was a, a grandmother who told of growing up the oldest of four children. She said, my mother was always very fair, she said. She didn't play favorites. We always knew we could count on her to be fair. But but my father, well, that was another story, she said. The truth is, she said, I I grew up secure in the knowledge that I was daddy's favorite favorite. I was the oldest after all, she said, and the only girl until my sister came along when I was 13. And and I figured it wasn't hurting anybody, she said. My, My father loved all his children and probably they never even knew that I was his favorite. But I knew that was enough for me. But then one day, she continued... After I was grown and married and a mother myself, I fell into conversation with my brothers and and sisters and I was surprised and a little confused, she said, to learn that, that each of them, each of them had also grown up with that same unspoken conviction. Each of us had always felt sure that we were daddy's favorite. She said, how my father accomplished that, I'll never know. But Jesus came to say that we are all, somehow, every one of us, God's favorite. In God's eyes, we are beloved, loved beyond measure, no matter who we are, what we've done. And the gift of his life and and death, Jesus came to break the cycle of ungrace in this world and pour out this gift of his love upon all of God's children, all of God's children. The other day I came home late I came home late after a long day um, after a day I, uh, where in the morning I had had a, uh, a, an interaction with my daughter where I was um, less than gracious And I got home late and a little tired a little distressed and, and kind of upset with myself um, and I expected the kids would, would be asleep or, or maybe if not thought they'd maybe be mad at me for, for getting home so late I put my stuff away, and I went upstairs, and, and instead of finding what I thought I might, instead what I got was, what I got was grace. What I got was kids screaming excitedly, daddy, and hugs, and kisses, love that I didn't deserve, but what really needed. They often remind me of the lessons I can myself forget. In a world, in this world where it seems that ungrace is the common language of the land, in this world where there are so many we will encounter desperate for a little love, a little grace, we need to learn to see ourselves, to see the world through the eyes of God with with grace-filled eyes. The pastor, Mike Iaconelli, he, he says that when you are loved outside the lines then you, you start to live outside the lines. And for those of us who have known the love of God, who know, have experienced the amazing grace and great generosity of God, we are called to break this cycle of ungrace ourselves, to, to share the love that we have, whether they deserve it or not, to live generously ourselves. It's, it's a powerful way to show the world that there is another way there is a, a grace beyond measure. There's a love that covers a multitude of sins. There is this, this generous God who came himself in Jesus to show us the way of humility, of love, for us to know and live now in the kingdom of God here on earth. Amen.